This is episode five of season one of the Simplify and Multiply show. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about how to organize projects and client work. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Now, if you caught the first episode of this season, uh, the introductory episode, I shared that the Simplify and Multiply show is a practical, tactical podcast. Now, this episode is going to speak more to that so you can implement best practices and improve the processes you have to get your client projects done faster and more efficiently. And you know me, I am the queen of tactical. Now, if you've listened from the intro episode, you might have figured out that, yes, I am an organization freak. Now, let me stop for a second because sometimes I get chastised for using harsh or negative words to describe myself. I unconsciously use the word freak because, like, I'm ashamed that I love being organized. Is that even true? I don't know. But here's the deal. Everybody's different. Some people are natural organizers like myself. Others are the total opposite and they can't seem to find their way out of a paper bag. And there's every degree in between those two extremes. Now, wherever you fall on the spectrum, it's okay. It doesn't serve you or me for that matter to be ashamed of where you're at on the spectrum. Even the most or worst organized can learn new ideas that help them be even better organizers so they can be more productive and make their business more profitable. Or, you know, at least they'll gain more joy from the act of getting, being, and feeling organized, because I know I do. And that's really what it is. Organized is a feeling. When you think about being organized, what comes to mind? Does it stress you out because you associate it with like a to-do list? Does it fill you with dread because you just aren't naturally a logical, organized thinker? That you like to fly by the seat of your pants and, you know, just kind of wing it? Or does it get you excited because you know that getting yourself organized, even just one small aspect of your life, like scheduling workouts, will check that mental box and free up your mind to more enjoyable things. You know, like you've taken care of it and you don't have to devote mental hand-wringing over it. You know, everything we think and do has an emotional component. When we see something, we think something, and it stirs an emotion. We see someone stop to, like, save a turtle from imminent death as it tries to cross a busy road, And we have several emotions. First, there's fear. Is he going to make it? Watch out for the cars. Then once the turtle is returned to the grassy hill facing away from the road and back to like the pond or whatever, there's an emotion of relief. Upon reflection, there may even be an emotion of love or empathy toward yourself or the person who saved the turtle. 
Uh, in those few seconds, our thoughts are stirred with several emotions. I remember this one time I was driving, this was years ago, I was driving down a very, very busy highway. It was a toll road. And I took an exit to get off uh, into another busy road. And on the giant exit ramp, which was elevated, was way above the road, there was this freaking turtle trying to cross the road and cars are just flying and flying and flying. And I'm like, oh my God. So I pulled over, uh, probably not the wisest decision. I pulled over and I got out of my car. Of course, I looked for other cars coming. Fortunately, it wasn't too, too busy uh, when I did that. And I went over and I'm like looking at this thing. I'm like, how am I going to pick this thing up? It was huge. This was probably one of those gopher, I think they're called gopher tortoises. And he was huge. And I'm like, how can I even lift this thing? It was so anyway, I went and I kind of grabbed him from the side. And of course, all he pulled all his legs and his head in and everything. And I'm like picking him up, running him over to the side of the road as best I could. And I kind of put him in the grass and pointed him down the hill. It was a very steep hill. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to roll down there, ass over tea kettle. <laughs> and, and so I finally got him going the right direction, and I kind of stood there on the side by the grass just watching to make sure that he made it. And once he was kind of, you know, looked like he was going to be okay, I turned around to go get back in my car, and there was a cop had pulled up behind me. And... <laughs> He gets out of the car and he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I was saving a turtle. And he's like, ma'am, it's very dangerous. You shouldn't stop on this off ramp, you know? And so he kind of gave me some grief a little bit, but wanted me, he just wanted me to be safe. So I just, it's so funny because I remember that story because it was filled with so much emotion. And, you know, my friend Cheryl and I, who I've talked about in other episodes, that she and I are constantly laughing about animal antics and it's just too much fun. She does the same thing. If she finds any kind of like distressed animal or a turtle in the road or whatever is going on, she will stop everything. She'll even stop traffic and she'll go out and try to save the animal. I know a lot of people like that. So if emotions are tied to thoughts, we think, what are they really telling us? I mean, I'm not going to go into the depths of thought emotion conversation. However, I know that if I feel a certain way, good or bad, it's because of what I'm thinking about any given topic. We're often unaware of our thoughts, but we can swiftly become aware of our emotions, especially if they hit extremes. So when it comes to being organized, what emotions do you have when you think about it as it relates to your business? Now, in my case, you'd think they'd be all positive emotions because I am, after all, a self-proclaimed organization ninja. Yeah, I like that better than freak. Let's go with that from now on. Organization ninja. It kind of reminds me of that Big Bang <laughs> Big Bang Theory episode with Leonard and Penny when he's all romantic with her, the romance ninja, where he's like, oh, romance ninja. It's so funny. Oh my gosh. I'm going to put actually in the show notes, if you go to simplifymultiply.com and scroll down to the bottom where all the episodes are, if you click on episode five, um, I'm going to have a, a little clip of that of that scene because I think it's the funniest scene. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> so when I think about getting organized or being organized, I usually have, listen to this, negative emotions because I'm feeling disorganized and distracted by either things I need to do, like a client project, or distracted by a visual mess around me, you know, like a pile of dishes in the kitchen sink that I just decided not to deal with after a meal. 
I may feel agitated or unsettled or rushed or frustrated or any number of emotions because I'm thinking, I have to get this done. I have to deal with this. So there is this mental, like I said, hand wringing going on, like a worry on back in the, you know, in the recesses of my mind. And it's like a nagging sensation that there's this to do item that I just can't let go of. And it keeps me from giving pure thought to what I'm focused on. Now, when it comes to doing projects and client work, that takes priority, right? I mean, you worked hard to get the client engagement, and now it's time to do the work to apply your skills, your talents, experience, and capability to help them solve their problems. However, if you have things nagging at you or distractions such as email interruptions, marketing tasks, um, bookkeeping, planning travel, ordering, you know, staples and office supplies, or even other client projects with deadlines. You have to work especially hard to create time to get it all done with the right mental state to bring your best work to your clients. Now, you could be in a situation like I am where I'm an implementer and a creator. I make things that require time and effort or You could be in a time for money model where you're seeing clients or coaching them one-on-one, or you have to be on-site leading workshops or doing consultative work for your client at their location. Now, whatever your business model, I'm here to give you ideas on how you can get more organized, be more efficient, and still bring your best work to your clients. Now, because I am a tactical person in my business, I not only direct my team, meet with clients, and do my own marketing and content creation, I'm also writing, designing, developing strategies for my clients. I have learned several hard lessons and still struggle with some because I enjoy doing the creative so much that, you know, I should really be delegating when I kind of take it on myself because I just want to enjoy doing it. And I know it's like I'm my own worst enemy there. (laughs) So when it comes to getting client project work done with quality and on time, I struggle with that. So let me help you avoid the hard lessons I have had to learn by giving you these 10 things that will help you get more organized and focused when it comes to projects and client work. And I'll go through them pretty fast. So you're going to love this. It's going to be great. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. One of the things I hear from solopreneurs is that they sometimes feel a bit disconnected by the sheer nature of their work. What they long for is peer-to-peer camaraderie, support, and the sharing of ideas with other solopreneurs. I know it can be a bit lonely when you're working from your home office or traveling by yourself serving your clients. When I created Simplify and Multiply, I wanted to change that. I wanted to create a place where solos could gather, share ideas, as well as challenges with others who understand what it's like to be a solopreneur. Well, that's what you'll find at the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. Although it's free to be part of the Peer Club, you do need to be a solopreneur to join. Head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and learn more about this community and how it will benefit your soul as well as your business. Again, that's simplifyandmultiply.com to learn more. Now, the first one is plan your day. Now, use a planning system if you're not already, whatever you do, make it work. 
I use a Franklin planner, as I've mentioned in prior episodes. And for projects, I schedule them out in my planner, but I also use post-it notes. I put one bite-sized task on a post-it note and either stick them in my Franklin because they're brightly colored and they're fun. And when I get the thing done, I can rip it off and tear it up and throw it away. Or I'll stick them on my computer monitor so the task is kind of in my face and it reminds me to get it done. Now, it's like so satisfying when all of my post-it notes that have been stuck on my computer or stuck in my Franklin for the day are gone because that means I got everything done and I feel great about it. What I've found the most effective is to create time slots for client project work, especially if you need like a block of time to work on something. Now, depending on your business, you should be able to do this pretty easily. Just stick to it and know how long things take to do so you can lather, rinse, and repeat. Business is all about efficiency, and that's how you increase profitability, by improving your processes and doing things better, faster. The second one is build a team and delegate the tasks that you can. So if you have things that really are, you know, administrative, give them to your team. Do only the work you excel at. Train others to take on those administrative tasks, the production tasks, the junior yous who can do a less experienced version of what you do. For example, one of my clients is a massage therapist and she is very experienced and very good at what she does. She has a very special technique that she uses for uh, myofascial release and for some other things that people really come in with um, some serious issues with their you know, with their shoulders and their back. And she really knows how to, you know, it's not just like a therapeutic Swedish massage where you're just for relaxation. This is like true body work. But she also has other massage therapists that do more of the relaxation type massages that don't have her skill level. And obviously they're at a different price point. You know, certain clients come in for for her or for her team. And it works out really good because it allows her to balance out her, her work. And she only focuses on the work that she's, you know, very skilled at doing, which is really, really powerful in her business. Now, when you have this team that you can delegate things to, you want to be consistent and structured about it. You need to document roles, processes, and treat everyone democratically, especially if you're working with uh, like subcontractors, freelancers, or virtual assistants. When you have a virtual workforce, it's very easy for the quality of your work to become inconsistent and drop off due to lack of checks and balances. Make sure that your team is equipped with the right information, the right boundaries, and structure to be successful. The third thing is negotiate timelines with your clients. It's critical to manage the expectations of your clients. When you take on a client project or engagement, there will be an expectation that they will have on when things will be done. So they're going to automatically make some assumptions. So if you're not being super clear about when things are going to be delivered and what kind of turnstiles they need to go through, they're going to just make assumptions or just wait for you to say something. So from something as simple as an appointment for a coaching session to the creation of a custom training workshop delivered at your client's workplace, communication is critical when you're managing the expectations of your client. Give them a timeline. If you are committed to a deliverable by a certain date and know you're not going to make it, reach out to your client and tell them. Have a solution or an alternative ready to offer them. They don't need to know all the details unless they ask, of course. Just be prepared to work with them and adjust your deadline and then get it done. 
The fourth item is use project management software. If your business has like hard deliverables such as assessments, uh, assets, studies, or other projects, like, you know, the things like that I do, I mean, those are hard assets that I'm creating that require time to create as well as multiple people, such as you, your team, uh, you know, a subcontractor, your client's team to complete, try project management software. There are many such as Basecamp, Trello, Podio. My nephew uses Podio in his business. I've used Basecamp tons of times. It's great. And even Microsoft Project will work, you know, if you want to throw something into a Gantt chart, you know, just for scheduling things out. It's It works great. And it's a really powerful communication tool for your clients as well. Now, just Google that stuff to find out which project management software is right for you. If you have a team, need client interaction with your projects, or you have iterative cycles. And if you're in a specific industry that offers a software platform that has some sort of management, like project management or engagement management application to it, then look into that because that could be really helpful for you. Now, the fifth thing, we're, here we are halfway done, woohoo, uh, have systems and templates. And this is important whether you are a true solopreneur and work totally by yourself or if you have a team. Create systems, processes, and template how you do any task that you do more than once. This is like the, you know, the McDonald's <laughs> success plan. For example, I have a client intake series that is totally digital. So every new client that comes on, I don't have to personally interview them to get a good understanding of their business goals. I shot a video introduction that facilitates the intake, send them a link, and they fill it out in their own time. Having this part of my onboarding process digitized saves me hours every week, and it also allows me to really focus the high-quality time one-on-one with my client and focus on more specific things that come out of that intake. Now, number six is one of my favorites, and it's also one that I find I am guilty of a lot, (laughs) and that is don't scope creep on your own stuff. Like I said, this is something I am 100% guilty of because I haven't systematized every little aspect of my business. Plus, many of my clients require a degree of customization that takes me out of my processes, which ironically should be built into my processes. But I never said I was perfect, right? So we're all here learning together. So what I mean by this is that you don't create work for work's sake. This term scope creep comes from the IT world, at least that's where I heard it, where you have a project that has a clearly defined scope, basically exactly what you're delivering to your client. Now, scope creep is typically when the client wants to add something or as the project is progressing, they decide they want to change something. Now, any good IT firm will issue a change order, which has associated costs to it because it is, in fact, increasing the workload and also will impact the delivery date. That's one form of scope creep. The other is when you do it to yourself, which, as I said, I am guilty of doing quite often. Because I get so engrossed in the success of my clients, I often over-deliver and add, I don't know, you call them freebies uh, to the work I'm doing. I'll actually do more work because I'm like, oh, I forgot to add this into my, you know, project list or whatever. The little, you know, it's usually something small that I just forgot, like, oh, I need to set up a social calendar and I forgot to put that in there, you know, and I'll just do it. And it ends up 
extending the amount of time I'm spending on stuff. Oh my God. And the problem with that is that I end up missing deadlines, getting overwhelmed with too much work that I can't necessarily delegate. And I run the risk of spoiling the client. That's the worst part where they expect this level of labor for all the things that they do. Now, fortunately, I'm not doing it as much as I used to and don't do it to yourself. Now, number seven is really straightforward. It's stay connected with your client. Keep your client abreast of your progress and ask for help if you run into challenges, such as like if the project wasn't scoped out properly, as I was just mentioning, or you ran into a snag and needed to like renegotiate the deliverable or the timeline. Number eight is my favorite, ship it. Don't spend endless hours perfecting something. I do this because I enjoy polishing, but it is one of my weaknesses because it makes me busier and unproductive or not unproductive, but it just (laughs) takes me longer to get stuff done. It's like, just get it done and ship it. Pretend you're Lucy on the chocolate line. I'll put that video in the show notes too, because that's such a funny video. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Number nine. Hey, hang in there. We're almost done. Balance your project loads. Many of my projects are multifaceted and they start with a plan that includes branding, website design, sales funnel design, uh, social media post scheduling, content marketing creation and maintenance. I mean, on and on and on. So what I do is I use a post-it note for each component of the overall project, kind of like what I was talking about in the first item. It's sort of like checkboxes that I can tick off when each post-it note, task, or element of the overall project is done. So think about how can you compartmentalize and balance your projects so you can do as little of each, maybe even simultaneously. That way it gives you a little bit more variety too. So I may work on a logo design for one client and then instead of continuing onto their website, I might send them proofs and wait for their feedback. And while I'm waiting, I can go over here and work on some social posts for another client. It's kind of nice to be able to balance that out. And that way you have more variety. You can still get a little bit done instead of waiting to try to you know get the whole thing done and get that to your client. And think about also if your work requires you to stay focused over a longer period until you're finished, make sure you're able to block out that amount of time to do what you need to do. Now, the last one is uh, number 10, and that's learn to say no to the right projects. Enough said. If you find yourself getting too busy to get things done when they should be done or when you're committed to getting them done, like I said, I was going to do this on Thursday and you're not going to get it done by Thursday. You need to say no to work that you can't put into your already packed schedule. Now, saying no does not mean that you've missed an opportunity. If someone really wants to work with you, they will wait for you to be ready for them. As long as it's, you know, within reason. I mean, you don't want to put them off for a year for crying out loud. (laughs) You know, I've heard a lot of new clients say, oh, no, I don't want to market because I'll get too busy. And that always blows my mind because isn't that the goal of being in business to grow, to make more money? Yes, of course. You know, that's kind of an important thing. (laughs) We want to make more money. We want to get great clients and we want to grow our business and, you know, just have a good time. Right. And, you know, it's all doable when you stay organized and focused on running your business simply. So learn to say no to those projects that are just either not in your wheelhouse 
or you're just overwhelmed and you need to get done, you need to take care of the clients you've got. And so get that work done, but just say, listen, how about if we do this in a month or can you wait a couple weeks because I need to finish up some projects and then we'll get going. Maybe you can do something in the interim for them that's like a low impact thing that you could, you know, kind of get them going, whether it's coaching or whether it's just some short uh, type of service. So there's a lot of ways that you can still keep those opportunities while you're saying no to now. Well, there you go. There are 10 things you can think about when it comes to being more organized and focused on your projects and client work. Now, the actionable for this episode is for you to assess your business and client work on each of these 10 items to see where you can improve your efficiency and get more done. Now, just head on over to the show notes because I have all these 10 items listed out and it can be a lot easier for you to go through them and do that assessment. You can print it out and just work on each one. Now, when you are able to produce more in less time, you can earn more and increase the profitability of your business. Now, to me, that's why we work on things like this and increase our efficiencies and organization. Our businesses deserve no less. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.